Welcome to the podcast. I'm Lance Wigton, and the Communications Director here at Real Life Ministries. And again, I'm with my good friend, Jim Putman, who's the Senior Pastor at Real Life Ministries. Jim, we're talking about things uh, that uh, are essentials to uh, the Bible, Jesus's Word, and uh, also this church uh, for the last 25 years. And, and uh, certainly, I think uh, those essentials that... Uh, Jesus holds true is one of the reasons that we've grown and had success over the last 25 years. Uh, the second one on the list is uh, reaching the lost. Uh, I know initially when I first uh, met you, you uh, you would go and have conversations with people that I, you know, I would call it like shooting the breeze or something like that, just making conversation, and then all of a sudden you'd be able to get into just like a wrestler. Uh, be able to uh, shoot a double leg, pull a, pull a takedown on them, and all of a sudden you're in the middle of this conversation about who Jesus is to them. And uh, it was amazing. And then er- early on in the church, a lot of these people that people had been praying for that um, didn't know the Lord, were outside the Lord, uh, would come into the church. And it was amazing. Those people that that people would pray for usually would bring seven, eight, nine different people that were they were in the, in the network with, and uh, that's really how we grew early, early on. Uh, so tell me about your uh, your personal beliefs on reaching the lost and uh, how how that applies to uh, our congregation or anybody listening. Well, remember the first of the seven essentials is an abiding relationship with Jesus. When you accept Christ, and you you know, you're baptized into Christ, which is a, really a picture of dying to the old life, being raised to walk a new life. You're connecting in relationship to God through Christ. Holy Spirit moves into your life. And as you spend time with Jesus, you start to see what he cares about. You see he cared about you. He pursued you. He mm-hmm. wanted to save you. And he wants to save others. And as you spend time with Jesus, it starts to shape the way you see the world. It's no longer black, white as primary, mm-hmm. immigrant, American, rich, poor, athlete, non-athlete, it becomes saved and lost. Mm-hmm. And now, because you know what he's done for you, you understand what he cares about, you start to go, does that person know Jesus? And if they do know Jesus, how are they doing? Mm-hmm. Are they are they growing? Are they close to Jesus? Are they drifting? And, um, and you know, we'll get to that later on, but you start to see through those eyes. And you Mm -hmm. also start to understand that that Jesus sent us into the world. We were his, are his hands and his feet. We're part of his body. And his body's job was to live out, to be changed, connected to the the Lord's mind, his heart, his power, his connected to one another with the purpose of delivering the message of the gospel to the world. Mm -hmm. We have been reconciled to God, 2 Corinthians 5, and we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. We are Christ's ambassadors. And so you start to understand that's the whole mission, Mm -hmm. to rescue people who are lost and to create a community of believers who, who enjoy Christ together, focused on him together, and a part of his team with a mission that's been given. So it's every disciple's end goal here. Remember, Jesus said, come and follow me, and I will make you into fishers of men. If you're going to come and follow me, I'll take you as you are, but I'm going to make you into something else. You're going to become fishers of men, mm-hmm. joining me in this mission. And 
So every person's role is to participate in the body of Christ with the mission of Christ. Now, mm-hmm. not every person's role is the same within the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, Paul talks about some have our eyes, some are ears, some are noses, using that language to say we may not all have the same f- function on the team, but mm-hmm. together we have a function. Mm-hmm. Would you feel like uh, that scripture, do you feel like it gets misused by Christians saying, well, oh, that's, I'm not really called to be an evangelist. I'm not really called to this. I'm more of a, <laughs> I'm more of a pew anchor. I'm more of a, you know. Well, when people say I, I'm not an evangelist, they, the Bible does have the office of evangelists whose job was to go in and preach the word um, in a in a area, and they have a, some special gifting to be kind of the, the one who is able to speak and do all that. Mm-hmm. But all of us are to share Christ with people. So they go, well, I don't share Christ with people because I'm not an evangelist. Mm-hmm. No. That means you're not standing in front of big crowds. That doesn't mean you're not to evangelize mm-hmm. your children, the people next to you. Mm-hmm. And all of us should be able to go, let me tell you what Jesus did in my life. Here's where I was. I can tell you my story. I may not be able to theologically uh, understand doctrine because I'm not a teacher. I don't have the gift of teaching the doctrine, deeper theology of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I don't teach my children to love Jesus and love others. No, mm-hmm. you do. There's the office of teacher, and then there's the all of us are to teach through our lifestyle and mm-hmm. to be able to say some things about who Jesus is and understand the word to be able to pass it on in a, in a conversation. Not everybody's supposed to stand in front of somebody. Right. Um, so sometimes we misunderstand that. Um, and sometimes we think it's our job to be the only one who speaks. But Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians, he says, I, I planted a pulse water, but God made it grow. We may play different roles. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife's role may be different than my role, um, but we all play a role moving that forward. Mm-hmm. Because, and God's the main actor in all this. He's just using us. Mm-hmm. He's even working when I don't see. that, And I'm not. And another human being that I may, might see is working. But again, the whole mission of the church is to... Um, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The Bible, 1 Timothy says that the world has been captured by the enemy and Jesus and his church are the invading force to rescue people, to transfer them from the dominion of darkness into the, into the, into the light, the kingdom of the light. We are all together giving Mm-hmm. Uh, of our time, energy, and effort in one way or another that it, we may not be the one who sees the final uh, decision, but we contribute by the way we live, by how much, by the fact that we give financially or we serve in children's ministry to a two-year-old mm-hmm. who isn't going to accept Christ at two. No. But we played a part in the family being able to move forward so that the parent can be in listening to the gospel, and if they receive the gospel, it's going to directly impact the two-year-old. So you may not have got to see the whole thing, mm-hmm. but all of us play a part together. In we, that. we do our part. One of the things, it may, and maybe it's just me, but um, you know, I think you I, well, you talked about am an evangelist. Well, it's basically talking about Billy Graham versus uh, yeah. or, you know the relationship you have with your neighbor. You can still do that. You can still do your part. My mom. Mm-hmm. Played a huge part of me coming to know Christ, but she's never preached a sermon to me. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
well, I assume, I don't know. I've been around a lot of moms that preach. But uh, there's some who have that ability. <laughs> they can speak it. But, you know, the idea of I, I'm abiding, it changes, uh, changes who I am. I start to bear fruit as I abide. And uh, because I'm now seeing things from a different perspective of eternal versus what's, ha- what's happening around me, I now have the burden that this person, uh, the, the life they're living, and maybe, maybe they're what you would have called previously successful, uh, you know they're they're this and they're that, but you realize eternally they are not successful at all. They the the greatest retirement plan in all the universe. They don't have a they don't have a four hundred one k in. They have no retirement plan, and and you feel the burden and they don't because you have the perspective because you abide. And then the idea is that my life should look such a way that he would ask he would ask questions. It, that might be through good deeds. I mean, right. I think about one of the foundational stories this happened when we were mm-hmm. brand new. Uh, guy uh, who allowed us, uh, Bob Ginnon mm-hmm. Jr., Bugs we call him, allowed us to use his uh, uh, theater as our first place of meeting. And he wasn't even really a Christian at the time. Mm-hmm. But over time, he became a Christian. And then his hot tub, he and Donna's hot tub became yes. what's called the holy hot tub. Yes. Everybody got baptized in that hot tub. Yeah, I have his one of my dad, daughters. Graham Ginnon, you know, you name it. Your daughter was baptized. Yeah, Megan was here. Well, one day, um, he's not very far along in his faith. He knows Jesus, and he's yeah. changed his life. But I get this phone call, and we were actually uh, in the uh, uh, house that we were renting and turned into offices. Mm-hmm. And I can't hardly hear him. And and he's like, Jim. And he's whispering. And I, I said, Bugs? He goes, yeah. He goes, um, I got an issue. I, I, I go, where are you? Why are you whispering? He goes, I'm in the bathroom of this place. I, I, this, this family, I've been working on reorganizing or redoing their kitchen. They, were, they lost their dog, and they were really upset about it. And they were talking about how is their dog in heaven. And, mm-hmm. and I started talking about Jesus, and they started asking me questions I don't know how to answer. So I'm hiding in the bathroom. And he goes, how about if I... I'm going to lunch here pretty quick. If I go down to KFC and you meet me there and then you come back with me and, and I go, hey, I met our pastor at KFC and maybe he can answer some of your questions. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that a coincidence? Yeah. Yeah. So I met him at KFC. Yeah. We went to Mo, Mo and Marsh's house. Mm-hmm. He was the, uh, the fight coordinator for the, uh, the reservation and uh, the casino. And he, he's the next mafioso guy. He looked he looked as tough as he was, which is so funny because the story starts off with he's upset about his little dog. Yeah. But still. Yeah, it's so funny. He's tough, yeah. super tough. And since then, he's passed away, right? But but he and his wife. So I go over there, and we start asking questions. They accept the Lord. We baptize them, right? Now, he wasn't... He knew overall we all played a part. He was doing kind things. He got into a conversation that he didn't know how to answer as of yet, right? But he knew the overall goal. He was connected in the body. Mm-hmm. He knew to connect people. Mm-hmm. He, he knew somebody who was more mature who could answer him. He, the way he was behaving with this couple and the way he was working with them, mm-hmm. they saw something credible in him. Uh, he was doing good work. He mm-hmm. was being honest. He cared. And that opened the door to further conversations. These folks trusted me because he did. Mm-hmm. 
And together, this family comes to know the Lord, and they've been, you know, Marsha's still here. Mo's gone to be with the Lord. But you see all of this happening. It's overall the body of Christ working together. Now, later on, he learned to be able to share his faith, and he did. He used to bring people to to church all the time from his work environment. A lot Mm -hmm. of people got saved, got connected to recovery, all that. Became a home group leader, all Mm -hmm. that. But uh, um, not everybody has the same gift, but we all contribute. Based on our age, based on our gifting, mm-hmm. we, so you know we can do. The Bible says to live such good lives amongst the unbelievers that they, they though, even though they may accuse us of doing wrong, they will see our good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits us. Mm-hmm. The Bible says to live wisely amongst unbelievers, and it, wisdom is to be a peacemaker, to be filled with love and and kindness and and uh, uh, humility. And the Bible tells us to be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks us for the hope that we have. Mm -hmm. So they're seeing us with hope. Uh, They're seeing us be kind and and then make the most of every opportunity that's provided by the way we live, by the way we talk. And um, so often we want to give somebody an answer at the educational level or the informational level, but we don't want to live in such a way that that opens the door to the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we're so busy fighting about so many things that we're not known for our hope or peace or wisdom that comes from God, you know, the fruit of the Spirit. It's we have an idea and we're right and they're wrong and that's what we're going to lead with. Mm-hmm. And then we wonder why they don't actually want to hear what we have to say. Well, and and uh, as, as an individual, I guess what I was trying to get to is uh, I try and live a right life. I try and live uh, like Jesus would have me live. But, I, but but the reality is, in my own mind, I know that, uh, okay, you know, I, I, you know, my neighbor, I, you know, I could have helped him here or I could have done something and, and now I feel like I'm disqualified. That isn't necessarily true. The hero of the story is not us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the best thing we can do is go, I blew that. Mm-hmm. You know, being a Christian isn't just about eliminating things that are sinful. It's about joining God in what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we miss it. I, can't, I miss it so often. You know, on the day that you saw me share with those people, I got it that day. Mm-hmm. But there are other days I'm so concerned about this or that, and I blow it. And I, I'm like, oh, Lord, I didn't even see that opportunity. And then, Lord, give me another shot at that or bring somebody else into the equation. Mm-hmm. But we want to... We're not just eliminating sin. We're living out good deeds. We're we're doing. We're looking at the open doors in front of us, and those are being opened by the fruit of the spirit in our life. And when there is an absence of that, there's confession. You know that. I'm sorry I said that mm-hmm. yesterday. That's not who I want to be. It was wrong. No excuses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. And you, it's so interesting how even that um, opens doors because a lot of people have heard, "I'm sorry, but." you really made me do it. Right. Or I'm sorry, but not, I'm sorry, no excuse, I blew it. Mm-hmm. They go, hmm. Non-Christians aren't looking for you to be perfect because they, they know that isn't the case. Mm-hmm. They're looking for people to be sincere and be, to sincerely live out what they say they believe, which is mm-hmm. to care about other people more than they do themselves, to help want, to, to want people to know Jesus and to think eternally. Mm-hmm. And so... We're just you just want triers that are helping yeah, in the process. That you're sincere, right? That you're you make mistakes, 
you own them, you, you're changing, you care, you're sincerely believing what you say you believe. There's a lot of people that that read the Bible, but they don't seek to live out what they're seeing there. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, when I go to church, it's church is church. When I go to business, it's business. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put on that hat. No. Yeah. Jesus owns it all. Mm-hmm. Jesus' goal is for you to be on mission everywhere you work, live, and play with him. And you don't use God to get you know, your work sphere working right. Your work sphere is your mission field where you interact with people, and he supplies what you're needing there. But we have a, when you abide in Christ, you have a different version of the world. And when you're not living that out, it's usually because somehow you stepped back from abiding in Christ and seeing from his perspective. Mm-hmm. That's really good. As, as a church, um, we've done a bunch of these bridge events. And, um, you know, I can think about uh, early on, we'd go and do neighborhood cleanups. We, yeah. we would be... Uh, Active school supplies, school, school supplies. That's right. Um, that was hair cutting. One. I mean, yeah, we had like food one day gathering backpacks yeah. for kids. Yeah, all really, really good stuff. And that and that has helped us. Uh, now that we've got uh, bigger facilities and things like that, we're able to host uh, uh, Harvest Festival, the Easter egg hunt. Uh, these we're large thousands scales. of people a month through the thrift store. Yeah, and we, yeah, we've Job continued training. to do that. Yeah. Uh, how, how does that help in the process of evangelism? How does that help uh, a community get to know who Jesus is? Well, I'll give you an example. This last weekend, um, a lady come in, came up to me with her daughter, and mm-hmm. her daughter's like 12. And she goes, I just want you to know how I came to know about this church six years ago. Mm-hmm. I was adopted at Christmas because I, uh, through the school, we mm-hmm. went to the school and said, hey, what kids do you have that are struggling with their families financially aren't going to get Christmas? Mm-hmm. We adopted it that family. We took presents from our church over to that family. That so impacted that lady that there's her you know, older daughter now, and mm-hmm. she's crying, and she's like, because you guys reached outside the walls to meet needs, didn't I would have never come here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't have thought I was worthy because of the life I was living. But because we together did something outside mm-hmm. the walls, that said, we want you. Mm-hmm. Jesus loves you. Mm-hmm. It changed her life. Now she's serving. She was in a minute in a service, and she serves in a different service, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when we reach outside the walls to people to go and tell them mm-hmm. that we care about them and we want to meet their needs, but the biggest need, what, what physical need we may meet, is it's important. We want to care about their physical needs. We mm-hmm. want to have compassion, but their eternal need is Christ. So it's not just the the presence at Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's we would love to have you come. We would love to get to know you because we want you to know Jesus because He changes everything, and that's why we do what we do because Christ's love compels us. The Scripture says, mm-hmm. um, when you're abiding in Him, He compels you to care about what He cares about. And so, rather than seeing the enemy, we see a prospect. We see it maybe an opportunity, mm-hmm. and God loves them even while they're they're refusing Him, mm-hmm. just like He did us. Mm-hmm. And so, can God use us as a as a handout to say, "Hey, we care about you. We mm-hmm. want you here." And uh, even in the case of uh, sports and outdoors, benevolence, uh, like I said, the Harvest Festival, people are coming here. But uh, we're not asking anything, and we're giving them an environment where uh, we're starting to build that relationship. We're trying to create opportunities mm-hmm. where Christians who look different interact with people that 
don't know Christ. Mm-hmm. And what we're hoping is that they see a difference in us and go, what? What's going on? Why are you Why are you ministering to our kids? Right? Um, I couldn't afford to send them to that sports program. But even that, why? Sports isn't. It's just a tool here. Mm-hmm. You care about my kids. You care about them. Why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Right? And and without any expectation. Mm-hmm. Well, because we want to reach outside. We want to be a light. Give you an opportunity to come in and do something for you that you wouldn't be able to do so we can create a connection so that we can tell you about what matters most to our God Mm -hmm. and most to you eternally, whether you know it or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, reaching the lost. I have got one final question, and I feel like this is really something that has changed uh, in the last 25 years that this church has been here. you were talking about Romans 12. Romans 14 talks about, uh, you know, these people over here eat something different than you. Mm -hmm. You know, basically, uh, don't sweat the small stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You have a commonality, and that is your your faith in Christ. Uh, The small stuff. When 25 years ago, um, I feel like people had a lot more in common than they do now. Now there is reason for division that... Are, that are such sensitive topics. And, uh, you know, I think about through COVID, there was the people that had masks and the people that didn't have masks. There was the people that, uh, you know, I, I got vaccinated, I didn't get vaccinated. You compound that times uh, a thousand, I think, even in 2023, where uh, before you can even have a relationship with somebody, you have to figure out what, what fences or what barriers they've already put up because of their uh, belief process and what news channel they watch yeah. and, and things like that. Uh, so then, I'm I'm a Christian. I want to be an evangelist because uh, I abide in Christ and have a relationship with Christ. Uh, what would you tell me that would have a hard time going? I don't even think it's worth the risk anymore because there is so there's so many barriers to uh, even being in relationship with somebody else. Yeah. Um. Well, I look at Jesus who left heaven, came came to a bunch of broken people, mm-hmm. and what did he do? Um, he went and he met needs. In the meeting of needs, you start having even tax collectors mm-hmm. come, right? You start having prostitutes come. Mm-hmm. You have Gentiles coming mm-hmm. because um, he is meeting them where they're at, you know, I think about the Samaritan woman. He meets this woman where she's at. She's in the coming in the middle of the day to get water, which means she's an outcast because she's had five, five husbands already. Mm-hmm. Other women don't trust her. She doesn't get to even even in a Gentile Samaritan culture. She was, she mm-hmm. was an outcast. Jesus intentionally goes and meets her, and yes, he knows things about her, but he comes and meets with her and relates with her and talks with her Mm -hmm. and even invites her to have living water. Mm -hmm. You'd ask me for living water. I'd love to give it to you. Mm -hmm. Um, She has questions. You know, does the truth come from the Jews or the Samaritans? Mm -hmm. It comes from the Jews, right? There's truth, but he starts by bridging the gap to meet her in her need, Mm -hmm. to relate to her at all. Mm -hmm. Her own people weren't even relating to her, let alone the Jews weren't supposed to do that. Pretend like she wasn't even there. And you're right. I don't have a lot in common with um, when it comes to ideas Mm -hmm. with a lot of people. 
but if I see somebody with cancer or I see somebody whose car's broken down, I can relate to that. I can step in and help um, and, and do something kind for them to meet them where they're at. Now, I'm not, when I do that, when I fix, uh, uh, you know, a prostitute's, you know, flat tire, yep. I'm not conf- affirming that she's a prostitute. Mm-hmm. She has a need. I'm going to meet the need as best I can. Mm-hmm. If, 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 I, if I see her on the side of the road in, in an appropriate way. Mm-hmm. And, but my hope is that she will see that I don't see because she's a prostitute. It means she's terrible and can't be saved by God. Or she's some sort of dirty, filthy, mm-hmm. because she's being immoral. We've, we're, I, can't, I, I know how I got to be in a relationship with God. I know I needed Jesus to save me. Mm-hmm. Jesus can save her too and wants to. Mm-hmm. And so in our culture, I can go argue in the newspaper about ideas Mm -hmm. with the unsaved, or we can go, how can we meet the needs of people around us in hopes that at least I'll get a hearing? Mm -hmm. Uh, That when when I speak to them, I'm speaking to them as one who is a help and cares about them, even though I may disagree with those things. Now, am I going to allow their views to come inside the church or inside my home? without objection? Am I going to say, come on in and, and teach your stuff to my kids at Dorsters? No. Mm-hmm. No, there are boundaries in the family of God. But I'm not going to expect you to meet all those boundaries to get in. Uh, you know, or it, it, you know I, mm-hmm. I want you to come. I don't want you to bring your stuff onto our campus. If you're a stripper, mm-hmm. don't come stripping at our church. That's not going to happen. That's sin. But I, I, And I'm not going to go to where you're stripping. But if your car's broken down on the side of the road, I can help you with your car and say, hey, I've got some women. Uh, how are you doing? Tell me about your life. Oh, my life's a mess. Well, mm-hmm. I've been there. Um, you know, I've got some ladies. In this case, what's appropriate? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go right. spend a lot of time with this. I'm going to go, there's some godly women that, that love Jesus, been down a tough road too. Maybe not all the same stuff, different stuff. But Jesus wants to save you and he cares about you. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's a good lesson. Um, because, you know, uh, my question was basically framed on uh, making the issue their their stance on whatever. You're saying, no, the issue is what? where is the flat tire? Are you looking for flat tires uh, on the side of the road? That I don't have time for that. I'm busy. I'm exactly. on my way to whatever. You know, I, I just as soon send you a text because that can take 20 seconds. No, Christianity was meant to be a relational contagion. Mm-hmm. If love for God and love for others is the fruit, you have to have to make time for relationship. You have to have the fruit of the Spirit in your life, in, in the one another's. We just want to live our life as busy as we can. We don't even have time for relationship at home, let alone with anybody else. And we want to send a text or, or give me a 20 minutes on a whatever and not live it in front of them, not live it with them. And, and that's completely antithetical to what Christianity is all about. Absolutely. Uh, good uh, you know, and I, and I think about uh, uh, our community grows, it changes, it just seems like more and more people come into it, but that also means that uh, more and more lost people are going to be in our, in, in our community. And if we were all... Yeah. More uh, and more Christians who weren't discipled. Right. So they, they are fighting the wrong fights, right? They're fighting the symptoms of the problem rather than the problem. 
but in that situation, they're not even lost. But but you know, prior you were just talking about what is my role right now? My role is to what would Jesus do in this situation? Jesus would help fix fix their tire, even though that they were, uh, even though that maybe they're saved, but they are but they have forgotten about uh, uh, the purpose. The purpose, yeah. They they've kind of lost their way, uh, just like the parable of the seeds. Uh, they they can be reminded and and it still takes us to engage with them and, and to find opportunity. Paul Peter said this: "Live such good lives among the pagans mm. that though they they may accuse you of doing wrong, they see your good deeds." Mm-hmm. Right? Again, we we think we're supposed to hide in the church in a fort, like we're a fort, mm-hmm. and and the enemy can't come in. No, we are the stormers of the the gates of hell mm-hmm. that have surrounded planet Earth. We do it together, but we're on the attack. We're going, mm-hmm. not waiting for them to come to us. We're missionaries, not monks. Right. Uh, good reminder, Jim. Uh, thanks, and I look forward to talking about uh, more of these essentials as we keep going.